Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron, will take a condensed look into some of the pressing, commonly asked questions from within our veteran community. Join Paul and Tyler as they get straight to the point to bring clarity and a better understanding to intriguing topics. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron. Welcome back to Coming Home Well, straight to the point. As always, we have Dr. Paul Lawrence, PhD. He was the seventh undersecretary for benefits at the Department of Veterans Affairs. And it is that time of year. We're going back to school. All the buses are blocking my way to get to work. But so there's all these questions that we have. I'm answering them. My son just started at school yesterday. I'm, I've got a lot of questions, but we're going to talk about questions about the GI Bill. Because there's some things that'll surprise you if you're not expecting them. And Paul's going to help us sort of get some of these tips and tricks because they can cause some pretty significant uh, underestimation of your uh, living situation or school situation uh, if you're not aware of them. So welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be with you, Tyler. You're right. It's back to school for veterans, too, right? So think about the following scenario. You just exited the military. And you've started just about Labor Day, you know, sort of on average back to the, you know, gone to college now, right? You've gone, you served honorably. Now you're using the GI Bill to get a college education. So you've just started. One of the things you've figured out through the process is you will be paid a monthly housing allowance, MHA, for the months you're there. And you'll use that for living expenses, right? So you've spent some time figuring that out. It's generally paid after the month. So the first one in September will be paid around about October 1st-ish, okay? Now, there are some kind of issues with this that veterans need to be aware of because there is a little bit of triangulation between VA and your school, right? So your school has to say, yes, we have all the paperwork on you, VA has it, so that you get your first check on about October 1st. If not, if there's something missing or something like that, you won't get your first check until the end of October like November 1st, okay? So you got to really understand that if you're using this as the, you know, your main source of income, you need to make sure everything is set up and ready to go, okay? So that's often one of the problems. Oh, piece of paper wasn't there. It's the end of September. I don't have any money. Where's my money? Well, piece of paper wasn't there in time. So you really got to watch the process, right? Are you enrolled in school? Does VA have it so you can get your monthly housing allowance? sort of when you need and it. And some okay. schools do it better than others. So you have to sort of be on it. And and right. it's probably right. not you as the veteran that's the problem here. Exactly. It's You've got your else. stuff, but somewhere a piece of paper didn't get filed. Something was wrong. It's just life, okay? It doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. And when it happens, you go, where's my money? The other thing is, you know, the monthly housing allowance is generally talked about as if you're a full-time student, okay? So let's talk about that. So VA defines a full-time student as 12 credit hours a semester, okay? So let's go through some examples. If you're going to a fictitious school, in my example, for 12 credit hours, you're full-time. And in my fictitious example, you're getting $1,000 a month for your monthly housing allowance, okay? Nice, so, easy, round numbers to no, work with. Nice, easy, round numbers. So you see where I'm going. So around about some period of time, you wake up and say, you know, I'm really not enjoying this class. I think I will drop it, okay? You know, I don't really like advanced physics. It's just not like what I had in mind or a language or just you can make up your own example. When that happens, 
you will now be having nine credit hours. You will no longer be full time. You will be three quarters time and your monthly housing allowance will be adjusted downward. Okay. So instead of getting $1,000 a month, you should have been getting $750 a month, three quarters of the 1,000. Okay. Now, if you did this early in September, it'll all probably be trued up and come October 1st, you'll get $750. However, if the drop date was around about the middle of October, okay, that means you were three quarters for September, but you probably got paid as if you were full time. Eventually, VA will figure this one out and come to get their overpayment to you. So it may very well be that at the end of October, you don't get $750, you get $500 to recoup the overpayment. Okay. Well, you can imagine if you're not careful and you need the thousand dollars for your room, board, whatever your you know your apartment, and you only get five hundred, you're really in a world of hurt. So this dropping and adding classes can really turn into a problem if you don't manage and think it through, right? So kind of the best strategy is to drop a class and then add it to stay full time. But you can imagine if you're able to drop and add right till the end of October, come November you could really have no money because they'll have to go back and get the overpayment in September, the overpayment in October. So really understanding how you your enrollment affects the housing allowance, the monthly housing allowance is tremendously important in terms of managing your cash flow and managing your expenses. Especially if that's your primary source of, of room and board and other expenses. Right, and that's what it's intended to be, but it's not just like, hey, put it on, automatic and it all sort of happens. I mean, it will, if you sort of have the careful, careful plan, you go to school, everything's working along fine. Okay. Now, one of the other things that happens is the monthly housing allowance is only paid sort of for the full months you're in school. So let me give you an example. And this normally was what happens. Come December, most colleges are only in school about half the month, right? Around about December 15th, they call it a day and send you home. Like, this, let's pretend this is pre-pandemic, right? <laughs> so as a result, you don't get the $1,000, okay? You, in my fictitious example, you're there half the month, you will get $500. So come the end of December, instead of getting the $1,000, you'll only get 500. So that can be a big surprise. That's just the law, okay? So people want to change that. That's a legislative thing. But what that means is, you know, you find yourself in a difficult situation. And back in the day when I went to school up in the Northeast, not only did you leave about December 15th, but you didn't come back to almost the end of January. So your January monthly housing allowance would be like two days worth of the month. Okay. So you may find yourself going, wow, I was doing good at in early December. I got my November payment and December I got half of it in January, in my example, I almost got none of it. So you could have a real cash flow problem. And you, you know, this is true sort of at the end of the semester in the spring, May and June, depending upon when your school gets out. So what often happens through this experience is veterans figure out, oh, I got to find some way to earn money in December, in January, if the school, if the vacation is long, as well as through the summer. So most veterans try to stay in school, for example, or find employment. But this is one of these things you often discover like through a difficult situation where it's like, oh my goodness, I was expecting electronic funds transfer of $1,000 in my example. 
it's much less. And now my car payment, my rent, whatever, I'm really in a difficult situation. And it's really tough because you're coming out of the military. You're thinking it's BAH. It comes every month. It's standard, but this isn't. So you have to understand the rules. Uh, This is a good thing to, as we start the school year, especially if you're new uh, starting. So let's, let's just transition a little bit. A lot of schools have done the hybrid piece or entirely uh, remote. How does that play in? Yeah, well, this is a little complicated, but you know, your online mal- monthly housing allowance is directed by law to be half of the national average for if you're in resident. Okay, so my thousand example, if you were online at that school, would be $500. That's just the way it is. The ones that are hybrid, you know, it depends. If they were essentially, if they offer in residence, then you're, you do enough of that, you'll get the in resident rate. You just need to be careful, right? And so what normally what people do is say, listen, if you want to be online, take some in-resident courses. I forgot the number. I think you can do this with just one. Then you get the in-resident rate. So again, you really sort of need to manage it, okay? So I think this was a thing like a year or two ago. Now, I think most people, most schools are back to having in-residence. If you say, I'm uncomfortable well, then essentially you're online and you're going to get a smaller monthly housing allowance. And that's just the rules, you know, as as directed by Congress. So you got to know what the rules are. That makes perfect sense. So we've talked about all the things with housing allowance, but there's some other things that the GI Bill can do to make sure you succeed in school as well. Right. One of the one of the things that most people don't know about is there's actually tutorial assistance, Right you find yourself in a difficult situation, I'm taking a really hard class, I'm struggling, I really could use a tutor. Under certain circumstances, you got to get sort of, bear with me, this isn't exactly right, but you'll know what I'm saying. A note from your school, right, that is sufficiently rigorous to let VA know about it, you will fill out a form and you can get up to $100 a month or $1,200 a year for a tutor to help you. So I think there's one of these sense of, you know, gee, I'm floundering here. Maybe I should drop the class. And we just talked about what can happen there. Or don't forget, there's tutorial assistance. And look, you know, everybody can't be an expert in everything. It's okay to acknowledge I need additional help. And there's ways to do that. So that's one of the things I think that the closer, you know, the new students are to, you know, the 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 student, you know, the veteran part of on-campus stuff, the resources they have, and the more they ask questions, you know, there's not an unlimited source of funding for you, but there are different programs that can help veterans really be successful. And that's the intention, right? Use the GI Bill to get a great education that helps you pursue whatever that dream was that hopefully, you know, led you to military service to get to, to earn this benefit. So you have tutorial assistance, like you can help pay for someone. But I know a lot of schools, especially with a, any sort of military presence, often have special tutors. Uh, for military folks, just because right. it's a different culture, different change. So reach right. out and ask for help. And right. also, they you can also pay people uh, a little bit. That's not a huge ton of money, but that's enough to yeah. at least get started. What else right. should we be thinking about with the GI Bill as the school year starts, Paul? Well, there's a couple sort of things. Now I'm, I'm wandering away from VA, Okay. But you might want to look around at some of the nonprofits that exist to help veterans. So let me give you two examples. Okay, there's a very interesting nonprofit out in the West Coast called uh, Boots to Books. Okay, you can maybe you should have these guys on your show. Basically, if you're having problems paying for books because 
textbooks are expensive. And while your GI Bill gives you a stipend, sometimes it isn't enough. They help veterans pay for their books, okay? So just be aware of that. I know our veterans are smart, so they probably figured out places like Amazon sell the books used and everybody does whatever. But the point is they're expensive and they should be aware of that. The other third thing is even though they may be planned well, okay, they might find themselves coming up short, right? Price of gasoline is skyrocketing, as we all know. Hey, I budgeted X. Now I really should have budgeted more, but I don't have that money. There's a very interesting nonprofit and lots of places do this. They have emergency funding for things like this. The one I'm very familiar with is called Coalition to Salute America's Heroes. Coalition to Salute American Heroes. And you approach them and say, hey, I'm having trouble paying my electric bill. I'm getting potentially getting evicted or whatever. They won't give you the money, but they will pay a bill for you. So things like that might help new student veterans um, as they go through that. Others have this. Many of the veteran service organizations have emergency funding if you find yourself in those situations. But I think the point is there are places to help you as you sort of begin to get your you know, rhythm figured out while you're using the GI Bill. And it's also a good idea to keep in mind some of these nonprofits. There's a lot of resources out there. If you're going to school, I guarantee you there's a veteran out there that's willing to help you and guide and mentor no matter what field you're in. Uh, especially if you're starting out, you're coming out of the military and, and you're sort of floundering, as, uh, as a lot of people do uh, when they first start college. It's a whole different real world. Uh, so we've talked about the housing allowance. We've talked about what happens if you drop a class. You got to sort of plan a little bit better because of the way uh, housing allowance works. Instead of getting it every month the same like uh, BAH, the basic allowance for housing when you're in the military, it's totally different. And how to get a tutor. Anything else we should think about as the school year starts? Well, the one thing is VA will contact students and tell them stuff. Do you have the right contact information? So I know it's all changing. It used to be an address, then they would write a letter, and they still do some of that. But of course, college students is no different for student vets, move a lot. So if they don't have the right address and you'll get a letter, that's a problem, okay? Make sure they have the right email if you're using that. And they're even moving towards texting okay so really there is a sort of you know responsibility of the student veteran of the new veteran who's now you know a student right to make sure they have your contact information okay so that's kind of often where some problems are it's like oh i didn't know this was going to affect and va will say well we wrote you a letter or we sent you a email oh you have the wrong email address so i really really urge you to be paying attention to the contact information to do that, right? Especially if you're moving around. And so, for example, you know, it's not like back in the day, Tyler, where, you know, you went to the campus and you stayed there. Now students are doing different, student veterans are doing different things. I have an externship for several weeks. I'm now in a different city. I move between different campuses. I do different things. So it's really, you know, just different than a lot of things were envisioned. So Updating the contact information and making sure you have the right stuff also really matters. You know, I'm going to make a plug here. If you're dealing with the VA, there are entire different worlds in the VA. So you could update your address with like the doctor side, and that will not change it on the benefits side. So make right. sure you update it in both sides of, of the Veterans Affairs because I learned that the hard way. I thought I, everything was up to date, but it wasn't uh, because I had done it at the uh, VA hospital and I was like, oh, I'm good to go. 
No, mail was still going to the other address. And I realized it pretty quickly, but it could have been really bad. So make sure yeah. you update it with all the spheres of the VA. Call the yeah, 1-800 number as well. Yeah, that's really sad, but good advice, Tyler. So, you know, life is, there's lots of reasons why it says, but the other thing kind of related to that is the student veterans and folks to really should make the education toll-free number, their speed dial number. I think it's something like 888-GI-BILL-1, okay? And when in doubt, call, make, you know, ask them to check addresses for you, ask about stuff, ask about assistance, ask about help, okay? So it's there, it's a dedicated telephone number that's what they do they're supposed to be you know experts in the loan the um, education programs there so it's the same kind of variation make sure they know you know where they are as well paul i want to thank you for coming on straight to the point as always it's great advice folks if you're listening and you have questions for dr paul lawrence the former undersecretary for benefits at the veterans affairs let us know He's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he has a book coming out in a few months. We're going to tease it here, but we're going to talk about it again later. He wants to make sure that you have the right information to get the benefits that you've earned. So drop us a line, get in touch with him. He's also on LinkedIn. He's everywhere. Uh, Paul is awesome. He is definitely dedicated to helping veterans, making sure they get the benefits that they've earned. And Paul, thank you so much for joining us at Straight to the Point. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. And I would just foot stomp what you said. Follow me on LinkedIn. I try to put a lot of stuff out there too. People ask me questions about different stuff and try to and try to do that. So I have to come back and tell you about my recent my recent uh, foray into donating a car to help veterans. So I'll tell you about that next time. Thanks for joining us on Straight to the Point with Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Want to keep up with Dr. Lawrence? Connect with him on LinkedIn. You can also follow us on Instagram at comminghomewell underscore BTS or on Twitter at comminghomewell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well.